Wednesday blessings to you, and welcome back to our study through the Old Testament book of Ruth as we look at God's providence and kindness as it touches individual lives. Naomi has gone through some significant tragedy and pain and heartache in her life, and yet we're going to see that behind the uncertainty, behind the pain, and behind the fears and anxiety, God is writing a story for Naomi's good, for his glory, and use even the most unlikely of people a Moabitess Gentile woman named Ruth that will bring about the greatest king Israel had ever known, King David, and through whom would come eventually the Messiah himself, the King of Kings. So behind every tragedy, God in his sovereign goodness is writing a story. Let us take trust and comfort from that today, and let's get into God's word. But before we do, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day. We thank you that even behind the pain and the suffering that we see in the book of Ruth, that you are writing a story, that we can trust you. And I pray that you would open up our eyes and our hearts to see what you're doing in our lives, in our culture, and in the world around us, trusting that you are in control. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's read through the passage together as we see our characters having to make some difficult decisions on their road back to Bethlehem. Let's read. Beginning in verse 7, Ruth chapter 1. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go return each of you to your mother's house, and may the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb, that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even I should have a husband this night, and should bear sons. Would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters. For it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone against me. And they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or return from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. So let's review for just a moment. Famine has taken hold. Uh, Naomi and her husband and her sons moved over to Moab to look for a better life. Eventually, Elimelech, her husband, and both of her sons, both of her boys, die. Orpah and Ruth, who are the wives of her sons, are clinging to Naomi, wanting to stay with her. Naomi hears that there is a relief from the famine back in Bethlehem, that there's food again. So they begin to make the journey. She goes back because she hears how Yahweh, how God has has visited his people and provided for them. Now, as we said last time, Yahweh is the covenant name of God, 
referring to that this God is a promise-keeping God. It's not just a generic name for God. There are those like Elohim or Elion. There's different names that are used in the Middle East kind of generically. But Yahweh is the proper name for God in the Old Testament. And she hears that Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God, has kept his promises. Now she is going to go back. Orpah and Ruth join with her. Now, as we look at this passage, and I want to point out that from verse 7 all the way down to the, really the end of chapter 1, who the main character is. The main character is Yahweh. Throughout the entire book of Judges, the name of God is rarely mentioned because it's such a godless time. We come out of the book of Judges into the book of Ruth, and if you look how many times the name of God is invoked just in this passage, it is significant. The main point here is to show us that these are God-fearing people and that God is involved and that they're crying out to God even in their grief and despair. So Naomi has made her way home. Her daughters-in-law are going with her. Now, some, somewhere wrong, along the path, Naomi thinks, why are these women going with me? There's nothing for them there. They need to go back to their father's, or in this case, their mother's household. And there's reasons for maybe why they say mother's instead of father's household in this case. We won't get into all of that. But go back because maybe they'll have a better life there. So she tries to persuade them. Now, there's a little bit of, uh, of Middle Eastern culture going on here. And that is, if you've ever been to the Middle East and you're trying to negotiate, you may say, hey, can I have it for this? Oh, no, you can't do it for that, and back and forth. And there's this debate and negotiation that goes on. The same thing happened when Abraham was negotiating uh, for a place to bury his wife. And here, if they were to accept Naomi right off the bat, that would actually be very shameful. So there's this, no, we're not going to let go. But beyond just the cultural aspects, there seems to be a genuine heart, both on the part of Orpah and Ruth, that they genuinely love Naomi. Eventually, Orpah is prevailed upon and she goes back. But before we get to that part, look what Naomi says about Yahweh. She says, go back to your mother's house because may the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest. Now in these short verses, we actually get a glimpse of Naomi's theology of God, how she understands God. She says, go back to your, your, your house in Moab or your parents' house in Moab and may Yahweh himself deal kindly with you even there. Naomi's theology of Yahweh was universal, meaning that God's jurisdiction knows no boundaries, that as God would take care of them in Israel, he could also take care of these two women in Moab. In the Middle Eastern culture, gods were regional. So this God ruled Moab, this God ruled Israel, but Naomi is saying, wherever you are, Yahweh has jurisdiction. And I'm praying that if you go back to your house, know that Yahweh still has governance and sovereignty and power even there. And may he deal with you kindly. The Hebrew word chesed. Chesed, may his steadfast love, his grace, meet you even in Moab. In other words, there's no place you can go where you can be out of God's jurisdiction of grace, out of his, his reach for his love. And may we take that as a reminder today, no matter who you are, where you're at, where you're living, where you find yourself, God's grace knows no bounds or jurisdictions. It can reach everywhere, anyone, at all times. She also says, may Yahweh give you 
rest. And this is also significant because not only is, does God have universal jurisdiction, but he also has uh, kindness, steadfast love, and he is also the source of our rest, so says Naomi. Naomi says to these, to these girls, to these ladies, may Yahweh give you peace and rest, because really this is the only place you will have peace and rest. The idea of peace and rest in this context really has the sense of permanence, of freedom from anxiety and worry. That this Hebrew word that is used connotes something that is bigger than just something that is temporary, but rather an eternal place of rest and freedom from the cares of this world. Naomi is saying, ladies, girls, go back. But know that God, God will be with you if you will call out to him. That he's going to be your only source of ultimate rest and peace. So in, in these few verses, we see, we see a great big God theology from Naomi to her daughters. But even as she is espousing what she knows, she in her heart is going through tremendous grief. She tells her daughters, listen, there's no hope where I'm at. Matter of fact, she says, the Lord has gone out against me. So despite what she knows to be true in her heart, she feels that God is against her. That God has left her. That God has forsaken her. And you see her heart crying out in grief and desperation. When we look in the, the Old Testament, especially in the Old Testament, we see various uh, prophets, saints, and even in the Psalms, people calling out to God in, in hurt, asking the question, Why, O oh God, have you allowed these things to happen? In Psalm 44, matter of fact, if I turn there for just a moment, Psalm 44, it's a cry for help. And it says, O God, we have heard with our ears. Our fathers have told us what deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old. In other words, we've heard what our parents told us and what the previous generations told us. But listen to the psalmist as he continues. But awake, why are you sleeping, O Lord? In verse 23, rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. In other words, we know this to be true. And yet, awake, O God. I don't feel like you're near me. I don't feel like you're, like you're doing anything. I feel like you've left me. And how many times, how many times have we found ourselves in that place? We know what is true. And yet in our hearts, we're aching and struggling. Why, oh God, have you allowed this to happen? Now, in this story, we see Naomi, she doesn't forsake her faith, and she's not afraid to air her griefs to God. And it's such a wonderful thing that God is bigger than our whys, that he can handle our questions, and that we can cry out to him as a child to a father, even in the midst of our darkest moments, just like Naomi did. Now, Naomi says all these things, and Ruth says, no, she goes beyond the cultural norm. Orpah has gone back, and she's, she, Orpah has demonstrated an exemplary spirit, being willing to even come this far, but eventually she decides she wants to go back to her home. Ruth, however, clings to Naomi. She holds on to Naomi. She loves this woman, and there's something about this woman that is different than the other women she's known in Moab. So different is that she wants what Naomi has. She wants what Naomi is espousing even through her grief, even as Naomi is going through her grief. And this is what Ruth says. And it's perhaps the most 
one of the most majestic declarations and commitments uh, that has ever been uttered in Scripture because she tells Naomi down in uh, verse 16, Where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Now, the Hebrew, if you translate it word for word, is actually, it's a very simple, very powerful, and very concise statement. In other words, Ruth says to Naomi, your people, my people, your God, my God. It's a declaration of great commitment. Now, Ruth, sorry, Naomi had told her, said, listen, Orpah has gone back to her people and her gods. The Hebrew word that is used here is Elohim. She's gone back to her gods, namely Chemosh, who is the, uh, the chief deity in Moab. She's gone back to her gods. But Ruth responds, and this is so important. She responds not with a generic name of God like Elohim, which, is, which can be used of different gods. She responds not with, I'm going to serve your generic gods, Naomi. She responds, your God, Yahweh, my God, Yahweh. That specific covenant-keeping God that you told me about, he is going to be my God. The fact that Ruth uses the proper specific name of Yahweh is a declaration of her own heart that she wants Israel's God. What Naomi has, she wants. It is, again, a tremendous declaration of faith, but also a specificity. That faith by itself is not enough. It is faith in a specific object that matters. In other words, in the Old Testament, faith in Yahweh. And us today, it is faith. Faith in the person of Jesus Christ. Not just a generic God, but it is faith in Jesus Christ. That is the cornerstone, the bedrock of our hope and our security. This amazing declaration really uh, sets in motion for God to be able to work through the most unlikely of people, namely this Moabitess woman, this Gentile, in order to bring about King David, through whom again would eventually come the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we look forward to Christ and we look at Ruth's statement and then look at what Christ has done, which I just find this absolutely fascinating, but Ruth said, uh, your people, my people, your God, my God, and not even death will part me from you, Naomi. Uh, about 850 years later or so, uh, sorry, actually about a thousand years later, we have Jesus come on the scene. And what does he do? He says, you're going to be my people. I'm going to die, give myself so that you can be my people. And I will be your God, never to leave you nor forsake you. And death itself will not be able to part me from you or part you from me. No one will pluck you out of my hands. Think of that brilliant and lovely verse in Romans chapter 8, in verse 37, where it says, Know in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, listen to that, the first thing that can't separate us from God is death. So neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
That's a hallelujah moment. That's an amen moment. I know I know you're not here with me right now, but where you're at, you can say amen, truly, truly. You see, God is working. And in Naomi's life and in Ruth's life, he's going to show himself faithful. And though they are struggling and even crying out and don't always understand, they have set their hearts on God. They have chosen whom they will serve and whom they will follow, even through the difficulties of life. With everything going on, the difficulties around us, again, are a moment for us to ask, in whom are you going to place your trust? Are you willing to say that God, the God of the Bible, is my God? And not the things of this world, but I'm going to follow him. I may not always understand my, matter of fact, I might even cry out and say, God, why? But I'm going to follow him, knowing that he's writing a story that is bigger than me just like he's writing a story that was bigger than Ruth and Naomi. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this time. May you be honored and glorified in this day. May my brothers and sisters be encouraged by your word. And may you be honored and glorified. And in Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful day, my brothers and sisters, and my friends, whomever you are and from wherever you're joining us. Have a great day.